welcome to the Ottawa Valley Sports Series podcast, your source for sport in the Ottawa Valley. My name's Noelle and I'm your host. Tune in on Tuesdays every other week as we interview local athletes, teams, coaches, sport organizations, and businesses who are continuing to empower and inspire the next generation of sport in our community. In today's episode, I will be interviewing Jolanne, the libero of the Canadian women's sitting volleyball team. Jolanne's path has been nothing short of inspiring. At the age of 13 years old, Jolanne faced a life-altering challenge when she received a diagnosis of osteosarcoma, resulting in the amputation of her right leg. However, rather than allowing this obstacle to define her, she not only made a triumphant return to her beloved sport, but also embarked on a journey as a military spouse and embraced the role of motherhood. JoLanne's journey showcases the ability to overcome adversity with grace and true grit. From securing the bronze medal at the 2015 Parapan American Games, to competing on the grand stage of the Rio Paralympic Games in 2016, and most recently, winning the silver medal at the Sitting Volleyball World Championships in Bosnia last November. JoLanne's achievements on the court are a testament to her extraordinary talent and unwavering dedication. Thanks so much, Jolan, for coming on the Ottawa Valley Sports Series podcast to tell me all about yourself, your incredible journey, and achievements through sitting volleyball. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to share my story with you. Yes, I'm, I'm super happy to have you on. I know that in the past we did a story on you, so this is kind of exciting. We're going to do it on the podcast now. So let's just jump into it. So when did you start playing volleyball? I would just love to hear... Um, how your story and how your life led you to where you are today. I started playing traditional, like standing volleyball in grade seven, just before I was diagnosed with cancer. So I got a little bit of a intro to volleyball then. Uh, And then after my diagnosis, my coach gave me a volleyball to bring to the hospital and wanted me to keep training and get comfortable with the sport. And I couldn't play my grade eight year because my leg had to heal from the amputation I had. I continued playing the able-bodied version of the sport uh, in grades nine to 12. So with uh, able-bodied people um, and in grade 12, my coach contacted Volleyball Canada to see if there was an adaptive version of the sport because there were actually two amputees on our high school team. So myself being a leg amputee and another teammate missing an arm. And at the time, sitting volleyball was just beginning in Canada. So I'm pretty proud to say that I'm one of the original members of the sitting volleyball program here in Canada. Oh, wow. That's that's exciting, though. It's kind of created that, that way into uh, sitting volleyball for Canada. Yeah, it's pretty cool to um, have that as part of my story, that I was one of the original members and that I continue to spread awareness of the sport within Canada. That's incredible. Kind of uh, go through and do that for everybody. And now it's leading force for others to kind of join in. Yeah, exactly. So what would you say are some of, um, like, obviously you've been in sitting volleyball for a while now and you've been making ways and obviously, as I mentioned in the introduction, so many different things that you've already achieved, but what would you say is your biggest milestone? What what was something that really stuck out for you? Um, It's definitely hard to narrow that down to one thing, but I'd say the biggest milestones in my sporting career are 
being at two Paralympic Games, the first in Rio in 2016 and the second in Tokyo in 20, well, Tokyo 2020, which was actually in 2021. Um, And now working towards being a three-time Paralympian, uh, working towards Paris 2024. Aside from those big um, athletic milestones, I would say continuing to play through three pregnancies and being a full-time mom while homeschooling my kids uh, are pretty big milestones too. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that is that is a lot. That does a lot to juggle and being able to do all of those. Yeah. So that's that's amazing, though. Um, and what, what would you say um, throughout the course of, you know, the last like Tokyo? I know COVID kind of pushed it that year um, and the challenges that came with that. What has kept you driven and motivated? My biggest motivation is being a positive role model for my kids. I want them to see that regardless of the cards that I was dealt, there's still ways to overcome hardship and achieve great things. Uh, So seeing that like day in and day out for them, I think is going to help them throughout their lives. Um, But I also strive to be someone that other kids with a disability can look up to because when I was growing up, I didn't really know anyone with a disability, let alone someone who... um, despite their disability, kept moving forward, uh, especially in sport. And lastly, I would say my teammates. Uh, They keep me very driven and um, motivated because each one of us has really overcome a tough situation in our lives that has brought us together. And together, we're trying to reach a common goal. So on the days that I don't feel driven or like I want to get in that workout or drive to practice or fly across the country to train with uh the team like I think about that person that I'm playing beside on the court and that what we're trying to achieve together I love that though you know there's there's so many different aspects to being driven and motivated right and having all those things kind of come in together you know for different reasons obviously but they all play a a role in that Mm -hmm. yes Um, And now, has there been some challenges or learning opportunities that you find really stuck out um, so far? Or is there some that you're still kind of working through? There have definitely been challenges through the years um, on a personal level, also on like a team level and just para-sport level. Um, So I'll start with personal challenges for me have been finding the kind of like family sport balance while being a military wife. So (laughs) I've had to lean on the community and my family a lot uh, to help watch the kiddos when I'm training and competing. And I'm really, really grateful that I have that circle of people that are willing to help out to uh, to allow me to achieve these goals that I have. Um. Also, moving here to Petawawa was a big challenge because I used to live in Edmonton, which is where our team is based out of. So I had all the resources in place. I had coaches, gym facilities, personal trainers and whatnot. And then moving here and having to find my way into the community and find new coaches and gym space and just people willing to try a new sport that isn't very common and that when people look at it they're like why is she sitting down on the ground (laughs) um so then again having to lean on the community so I think really having that circle of people and 
being open to people helping you is a large part of overcoming these challenges. Yeah. And, and having, having the community kind of, and, you know, people that you've met obviously in your journey in Petawawa, right. That kind of, you know, help in certain ways, like the community can sometimes be great for that, right. Helping us through different things. Like I'm a military spouse as well. So I know the challenges that come with that, but I can't imagine, you know, still being, an elite athlete and having children like that, that must be so challenging, you know, in, in, in different senses, right. When things happen or things come up, it's, it's challenging for sure. So I can just imagine, um, how those things have come together for you. Yeah. It hasn't been the easiest, but we've been here 10 years now and we have a pretty, pretty good circle of people to help us out. So that helps for sure. That's great, though. That's great. And I know so you and you train out of uh, Dundonald Hall, right? Yeah, I do. They've been excellent with helping me um, with gym time out there. Oh, that's great, though. And again, you know, kind of wrapping that community kind of giving space to, you know, help you. And I love that, you know, with you training and going out in the community as well and doing that, it's building awareness for your sport as well. And, you know, showing the community what other things there are. Yeah. And with that, I've also worked with like local, uh, the local volleyball club, the Vikings club. So I'll go out and teach them sitting volleyball um, or help them with just their regular training sessions. And then I've been in a few schools too, teaching them sitting volleyball or just doing little speeches, telling them about para sports, or um, I get a lot of requests around, um, during the time of the Terry Fox run, cause I had the same cancer Terry Fox had. So okay. yeah, it's nice doing the community outreach and sharing my story and, um, just showing people what a prosthetic is really. Yeah. And, and building awareness behind that. Right. Exactly. So that's great. I, I love that you're doing that. Ottawa Valley Vikings is great. I, I had Tim on the podcast, um it was about a month or two ago uh he's great and i i love that you're you know the community can kind of connect together to kind of teach each other different things or build awareness of you know different things even you know regarding that sport and you know you're teaching all these kids great things yeah and it's teaching just adaptive ways as well like it's volleyball but it's just done in a different way and it's cool for to open people's minds to that yeah, and, sh- and I'm sure, you know, a lot of those kids might not be aware and you're there kind of opening up, you know, that side of things for them and kind of helping un- uh, helping even understand the Paralympic side of things, you know, that maybe a lot of them uh, aren't fully aware of or are slowly becoming more aware of. So that's great in itself as well. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, now, looking ahead, um, are there any championships? I know you mentioned 2024. Is that the Paralympics? Yeah. So we are still trying to secure a berth. Um, There are eight spots and four of them go to the zonal champions. And one is for the host. One is for the last chance qualifier. One is for the gold medalist at world championships which was last year which we just fell short of um but we have a tournament coming up in november in cairo egypt oh and it is also a um a qualifier so if we 
are the highest placing team that hasn't already qualified, we will get that berth. Um, I have like, I, I think we can really do it at this tournament. So uh, yeah, looking forward to hopefully qualifying for 2024. That's super exciting. So you, you're what, two months away from November? Yes, two months. Wow. And you guys won silver last November, correct? We did. Yeah. So you guys were so close. So close against our nice rival Brazil. Can't <laughs> to clinch that win um, in an important game against them, but we're so close. We keep bringing them to five sets. Um, I think it's just we need a little bit of a mental game. That's exciting, though, you know, and you know kind of what to expect based on last year. So you guys are kind of is that how it kind of feels like, you know, kind of what to expect going into this year? Or do you feel like things have changed or there might be new challenges coming up this November? I think it's going to pretty much be the same. We're going in with pretty much the same squad. And for myself, personal challenges are going to be, I have a five month old baby. So um still breastfeeding and bringing him with me and trying to figure out the logistics of that so on a personal level it's going to be more challenging I think uh but a challenge that I'm very welcome to and excited to show that um a new mom can return to sport at a high level and still compete yes yes and that's I feel like um I've been seeing things even the boxing community with that I know Mandy Bujold um had a child as well and she kind of you know went through those challenges of kind of going back to sport too so it's interesting to see you but you know and bringing your child with you that's definitely going to come with the challenges but amazing for you to be able to do that and you know what i mean show show the world you know that we, we can do it with a child and after right mm-hmm. yeah i think so i've had I have three kids now, um, the oldest being 13. And just to see how far we've come in the past 13 years with accepting that moms can still go back to sport is pretty incredible. And that, you know, you're seeing more and more children come to events and like moms breastfeeding right after a game. And I think it's pretty powerful statement. It really is. It really is. Um, but this is exciting for you, though, in November. That's super, I, I hope you guys do great. I uh, would love to see. I know I remember hearing about when you were in November for the silver, which is amazing. You know, even uh, attaining silver is is an incredible achievement. Um, so congratulations. Um, and now this November, I'm going to be super excited to see how you guys do. Thank you. Hopefully there'll be some type of uh, broadcast on the internet so you can watch and follow along. Yes. And I will be sure to share it with the community. Try and if it comes up, I'd love to share that so people can watch it as well. Um, now I got one, uh, another question for um, regarding the championships and how you prepare um, for these. Do you guys have a a training objective or do you guys go through specific like training modalities prior as well as like you know the mental and physical aspects of staying focused so I'm curious about that right yeah so our team is a decentralized team meaning that we are spread out across the nation and we come together monthly for training camps Um, leading into big games we try to have 
longer training camps right before. And then we do a staging camp um, right before the tournament. Um, So leading into Cairo, we're going to be staging in Paris. So we go there for a few days, acclimatize to the time zone and the weather and whatnot, and then hop over to Cairo. But when we're apart, uh, we have a personal trainer for our team and she builds a program for us. So we're in the weight room three times a week. We each have regional coaches. So we're on court at least twice a week. And then we have some sport specific cardio twice a week, which I like to call scooting. So we're on the ground um, doing our our movement that we do with sitting volleyball. So um it's fairly busy training schedule and then aside from the physical training that comes from our coaches and trainers we most of us are amputees or have a physical impairment to our body so body maintenance is very important to us so we have a lot of physio appointments massage appointments um do yoga to keep nice and bendy for our sports and good for our minds. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and then, uh, we have a mental performance coach on our team. Um, and then a lot of athletes also have other mental performance coaches that they work with. So with our team coach, we do group sessions as well as one-on-ones because it's a really important part of the game that can just make you that 1% better than the rest. Wow. Wow. You guys, it, and it sounds like very well-rounded with everything that you're doing, you know, from like the mental performance to all the physical aspects and having, you know, uh, going to see massage therapists and really taking care because the better we do with our bodies and our mental will bring us, you know, further along. It's so true. Yeah. Many people think that it's just about, you know, the physical part, but uh, if you don't take care of the mental part and, and the recovery part, you're not going to get to that next level. Yeah, it's and it's so, so important, right? Um, now, I got one more question for you. I'm I'm curious, um, who has been your inspiration? Maybe like an athlete or a person in your life um, that, you know, that maybe you've looked up to, you know, throughout your career? Hmm. Well, I've always been inspired by Terry Fox, I think because it's so relatable having the same cancer and going through the same treatment. Obviously we had a little bit of a different outcome, but uh, just the legacy that he's left behind with, um, with running across Canada and the foundation that's been created in his honor to have cancer money for cancer research is pretty inspiring to me. Yeah, it really is. Oh, well, I'm glad that uh, we were able to chat today. I really appreciate you coming on the Ottawa Valley Sports Series podcast to kind of tell your story and kind of, you know, build further awareness for your sport in the Valley. I love that. And I wish you the best moving forward and good luck uh, in November. I'm super excited to hear how that goes. Um, I'll definitely be cheering you on and your team from afar. But for those listening and wanting to follow your exciting journey, where can they find you? Do you have social media pages or... I have an athletes page on Facebook. It's Jolan Wong sitting volleyball. Okay. And on Instagram, um, at Jolan Wong. And our team has a really great Instagram account. I could be incorrect, but I believe it's Canada SVB. 
for sitting volleyball women's. Um, I might have to fact check that though. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for having me.